This is Basic Ball 4. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Face Hit Ball 4. My name is Glenn Negris, alongside, as always, Tyler Blumenstick, Scott Roswald, and Alex Cashman. A lot of news in baseball the last couple days regarding Manfred, him saying there was 100% going to be a season, a couple days retracting that, saying he wasn't so sure, now looking like there will be a season after finally getting to sit down in person with the president of the MLBA, MLPA, Tony Clark. But before we get into that, there was also something else in baseball on ESPN a couple nights ago, the long gone summer documentary uh, documenting the 1998 home run chase between Sammy Sosa and Marco McGuire. Um, it was a really good documentary. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on ESPN+. Plus. Um, it was very interesting because a few weeks ago, um, or the month, whole month of May, they were doing the Last Dance documentary, which was about the 1998 Chicago Bulls and... This is the same year, so the same kind of timeline, 1998, Chicago again involved with Sammy Sosa, this time during the summer with um, Sammy Sosa in Chicago and Mark McGuire. And it was something that I found really interesting and really kind of related to baseball 22 years, 22 years later in 2020 is how baseball really needed this race after the 1994 strike. And when the documentary first starts, they talk about the strike and how baseball was losing fans and people weren't interested and the attendance was down after 94 when we came back in 95. And I just started thinking about this year and how it's just so similar to what's going on now. And is there a home run race that's going to save it again if there's no season? Now they're looking like there is a season. But guys, just initial reaction. I'll start with Scott. Initial reaction about the 1998 documentary. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I watched it Sunday night live. Um, it was great. It was a great, uh, great episode of 30 for 30. I've loved all the 30 for 30s that have come out. Um, just watching that exciting season, great year in sports for uh, Chicago with the bulls um, winning their third title, sixth title in eight years. And then having Sammy Sosa doing what he did out on the field. Um, what I really liked about the doc was um, how it compared how completely different their approaches were to the whole race for Mark McGuire. It was from the get go. The pressure was on him to do this lead coming off of his previous season where he had gotten close. Um, he was fully expected to do it again. And he like, he treated it like it was his job to do that. Whereas Sammy Sosa was the more fun-loving, I'm just going to go out, play baseball, have fun, um, see what happens. So that's one of the things that really you know, caught my eye with the doc, um, comparing how there are two different approaches uh, to hitting home runs and getting to that record. And not even that, with the differences in the approach of hitting, they're just two completely different people. Mark McGuire was all business, tried hitting home runs, tried doing all this stuff, really took upon himself to break the record, put a lot of pressure on himself to beat that record. And Sammy Sosa, he was a younger guy. Uh, he wasn't really known yet. He was building up into having a great career, and he was just having fun with it. So you can really see the difference in personalities between the two. Cash, what, were your, what was your reaction to the doc? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, watching the documentary, you're right, Glenn. It, it, 
baseball does need something like this now again. Um, and I think it's kind of pathetic that it does need something like this again. You know, we were starting an incline of popularity, I feel like, and the sport has completely failed us as fans and it's, it's failed the younger generation as well. So, uh, yeah, I do think it needs something uh, along the lines of this. Um, and I think it will happen. The other thing I, I do think is evident here is that these guys, although they were on steroids, were two of the best hitters of, the time, of their time and uh, really of all time. And it shows that, you know, they were, they were saying how the Marlins put tarps over their seats uh, during games because they couldn't fill the stands. And, you know, they had a full bar, ballpark when McGuire came to the, to the area. So to me, that shows me that Rob Manfred sucks at his job because, you know, when the Angels come to Tampa Bay, you know, the Rays don't have a full ballpark. And they should because Mike Trust is going to go down as the best baseball player of all time. Uh, so it's a combination of that and home runs sell. You know, they want to see the home run race. They want to see the steroid era back. And unfortunately, um, it's not going to happen, but baseball needs to do something along those lines. It was a really kind of, and if you talk, in speaking of steroids, it was a really somber ending to the documentary because they talked about how great all this did for baseball and all, all the popularity that it brought in. And then it brings back what happened during the mid 2000s with the Mitchell Report and McGuire and Sosa testifying in front of Congress about their steroid, steroid usage. So it kind of brought back the conversation that we were having 10, 12 years ago when the steroid era was kind of coming to a close, we're kind of getting out of it. And these guys were retired and approaching the hall of fame kind of limit the five years after retirement, when they became eligible is, are these players worthy of being inducted into the hall of fame? Um, I, I think Sammy Sosa is content with how he is right now. You see him a lot in the documentary, especially toward the end saying, listen, I'm good. I got my MVP. I got my home runs. I have my granddaughter, blah, blah, blah. I'm fine. Um, Mark McGuire seems like someone who's a little bit more hurt, but again, Mark McGuire has coached in major league baseball. The Cubs don't even invite Sammy Sosa to Wrigley field anymore. So my question, I guess I'm about to pose is moving forward now that the A-Rods and the Barry Bonds and the Manny Ramirez's and the Sammy Sosa's and the David Ortiz are now retiring and approaching Cooperstown eligibility, where do we stand on those guys making it to Cooperstown? So I'll chime in here. Um, see, there's, a, there's this weird thing going on where now it's referred to as the steroid era. Um, it's literally the name of, I mean, the widely known name of, kind of that period of time where that baseball was being played. And while it was frowned upon, it happened, and it happened a lot. And, like, I bring this up all the time, and I kind of compare it to even just, like, playing baseball at a young age and how hard it is to actually hit a baseball, even at, like, a high school level. Like, if you compare that to, like, any other sports, like, it's a lot harder to square up a baseball than it is to knock down a three-pointer. Like, you can see a lot more casual people shooting around in the gym, swishing it. You put somebody in a batter's box against the pitcher and you tell them to hit a, even like an 80 mile an hour line drive right back up the middle, it's not going to happen. Regardless of how big you are, and I'm not condoning steroids, I don't think it's a good thing. Regardless of how big you are, how many steroids you take, it does not help you with the technical aspect. It might give you more endurance. It might give you a little bit more power. It might allow you to practice a little bit more. But to even be able to do that, and you look at the Barry Bonds case, like, 
for that guy to do what he did and even launch the ball, let alone like hard hit rate and how hard he hit the ball, to be able to hit the home runs he did, do I think he would have hit the amount of home runs he did had he not taken steroids? But he would have been damn close without it. So I think given the era that they played in, I don't think that the entire argument about keeping them out of the Hall of Fame is really a big deal. I used to be really against it, but I don't really know. I don't really know now. I feel like it's a little bit unfair because that was a part of the game. And if you're going to air a documentary here, look, I know ESPN is not the equivalent to the Baseball Hall of Fame, but if you're going to air a documentary basically promoting this race and all the fans are eating it up, why should these guys not get rewarded for what they did? It's it's kind of a gray area, and I don't know, but I, I feel like it's it shouldn't be a hard cut. If you took steroids, it's a no. So I don't know. That's just my. I take. have a pretty strong opinion about this because um, I'm going to ask a question first. In five years, or I guess now three years, when David Ortiz is eligible for the Hall of Fame, you think he makes it? Well, it's a steroid question. Yeah. Do I? I think he should make it. Right, but I, I think I, he should as well. No, but I'm not talking about. I, if he should, I'm saying, do you think he will? I don't think he'll he get will. in first ballot. Because, I think he because will. Because Edgar Martinez got in, he's getting in. Right. So then is there is there a cloud of kind of an idea that Edgar Martinez takes steroids? I don't think so. But as a as a career DH, that ice needed to be broken for Ortiz. Um, he's probably got a little bit tougher of a, a road ahead of him because of those steroids, um, but. Ortiz is getting in. The the things that he did with the Red Sox. Um, I don't think this is a DH in. question. I think this no, is a steroids it's question. A DH question. It's a, it's a yeah, and that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. His, his what he did with the Red Sox in the postseason, reviving late in his career, he became a phenomenal baseball player. Uh, I would say Ortiz is getting in even with the the cloud of steroids. He never okay. tested positive, right? Yeah, he, he did, did in 2003. He did. Um, he denies so he it. Never got here's my point. He never got suspended for it. Right. But here's my point that's of asking. A, I think that's a huge difference. Here's my point of asking, though, right? He tested positive, and everyone's going to be, oh, we'll brush it aside because we like Ortiz. But, uh, you know, nobody's brushing A-Rod aside. The dude served his time. He got the longest suspension in MLB history. He came back and still hit for power in his late 30s. And he's still going to get thrown under the bus. And this is disgusting. A-Rod's one of the best right-handed hitters of all time. The fact that he's that he probably won't be in the Hall of Fame disgusts me. The fact that his number won't get retired by the Yankees disgusts me. A-Rod, first of all, the Yankees don't have a World Series ring in 2009 without A-Rod. Uh, he had over 300 in the playoffs. The guy was unbelievable. Second, the year he had 52 home runs. It might have been the same year. It wasn't the same year. But it was 2007, right, when he hit 52 home runs? Yeah. I think so. Um, that's absurd. I'll never forget. I was in the car with my grandmother one day and we were listening to John Sterling and he said, the outfielders are actually on the warning track expecting a home run. And the next pitch he hit open the fence. And to me, that was, that was one of the coolest moments of my life because I just heard the announcer call it and it actually happened. Um, so my point is the fact that it's a discussion is terrible. Barry Bonds belongs in the hall of fame. Um, so these guys, I guess we can go, but go ahead. There are so many more people who did not get caught who are in the Hall of Fame. So no, absolutely. Same reason. 
if we're going to go with a did you get caught or have you gotten suspended argument to that, Barry Bonds never got suspended for steroids. That's Neither did Roger Clemens or Andy Pettit, right? Exactly. Or and Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa. There were never suspensions handed out. Like, do you think Bartolo Colon is a Hall of Famer? No. Well, no. Mm. Uh, he might be because of his longevity. He was suspended for PEDs. At one point in his career, I believe 2012 so, for testosterone. So it's testosterone, not that's a PED, but... Baseball world picks and chooses who they want to get angry at. Everyone hates Alex Rodriguez for what he did, but he served his time. He served a year-and-a-half-long suspension. Why is nobody giving Ortiz any shit who didn't even serve time? Or well, then there's guys like Manny Ramirez, and you throw those guys into the denied conversation. denied it multiple times and got oh, caught didn't. multiple times. Bonds didn't? Ortiz said I – Ortiz didn't? Ramirez we don't even need to branch out into other players. We can just keep it within the focus of the documentary. Mark McGuire has coached for the Cardinals. He's currently with the Padres or was with the Padres at the time of the documentary being edited. And Sammy Sosa isn't even invited back to Wrigley. What's the difference between the two players? Is it the organization of the Cubs not wanting anything to do with Sammy Sosa? Cash, you're absolutely right. In my opinion, MLB – and the MLB fans and baseball society in general seems to have a, a pick-and-choose kind of demeanor towards who's accepted and who is forgiven it's over... It's all of sports, right? Because you want to look at it the same way. Tom Brady fucking cheated in the AFC Championship, and he's a goddamn god, right? It's all of sports. People pick and choose who they like, and he was no suspended. matter what... What? He was suspended. He's still a god. He, it, he could do no fine. Work. He was suspended four games, and they still went to the Super Bowl that year. That was it. Now, and he's still that's a whole different story. Though. I mean, he's not going to the Hall of Fame. He Brady's absolutely going in. That's my point. But my point is that, and we don't have to get into football. My point is that people pick and choose who they want to like and who they want to defend, right? So if you look at a guy like Eli Manning, if Eli Manning pulled that and to play to the football in the NFC Championship, he, he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame discussion. He definitely would have been cut by the Giants. I don't know so if he would have been cut by the Giants because the Giants probably would have had a, had a say in that, just like Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft all had a say in the Flategate. I'm just saying – I'm just using an example. I don't know the whole story about the Flategate because I don't, I don't really care. My point is sports world picks and chooses who they want to defend and who they think is a god and who's not. That's it. I look at Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis killed a person, and he's, he's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he was never convicted of that. I feel like that's a little unfair to say. No, he wasn't convicted, but, I mean. So you can't say he is, killed a person. You can't go uh, accusing guys of murder out here. Whatever. Regardless, if that was A-Rod, A-Rod would be out of football. Right, let's pull it back into the Hall of Fame discussion. Sammy Sosa, Mark, and McGuire, you watch these documentaries, and they talk about how Barry Bonds broke McGuire's record a few years later. The record books say that they hold the records. It's not like they got stripped, right? They, they didn't take away the home runs, a la you know, Penn State getting their wins taken away over a, a completely different situation but those records still stand so if those records still stand 
that needs to be taken into account with the Hall of Fame. I have a big problem with the Hall of Fame. I don't like the writers that vote upon it. I think they're snotty. I think they feel like they're the gatekeepers of heaven. I think they think they're more important than they are. In my opinion, no, I think I, I, no, not at all. I was just curious if that was your issue with it. But my point is, you can't just erase history. We have these documentaries being made now, 20 years later. You can't just forget that a whole era of baseball exists because there's a completely different, every era is completely different. And there wasn't really any regulation or rules against what was going on in the 90s. Bud Selig said that. He said that we didn't do a good job of regulating it or having rules against it. We saw it in the documentary. Mark McGuire had a bottle of testosterone booster pills, whatever, in his locker. It was was legal. It was legal. You got it over the counter. You could have went to – you could get it at CVS. No, but we didn't know. So if you don't know and you're ignorant, why are they getting – Cash, you're absolutely right. Why are they getting punished in hindsight – now that we know what it could lead to, when back then we didn't know. How's that fair to them? Yeah, it's absolutely it's not. not. Um, we've, we've said it. The rules of Major League Baseball did not exist um, at the time. They, you said it in the doc. There was an interview where McGuire had these bottles of testosterone in his locker room out in the public for everyone to see, and Bud Selig did absolutely nothing. So if, if that's the argument, that's the argument for them being in. These guys are phenomenal baseball players. Ty mentioned it before. The steroids didn't make them what they were. These guys were already incredible baseball players. Mark McGuire was an absolute animal on that Oakland athletics in the eighties. Barry Bonds was a three-time MVP before he started taking steroids. Sammy Sosa was just coming into his own. A guy that they gloss over in the whole documentary is Ken Griffey Jr., who hit 56 home runs back-to-back years. Um, There's not a cent of him ever doing performance-enhancing drugs. That guy is phenomenal. He's a part of this whole thing. I have a question. But those guys get wiped away because of something that was legal at the time. I have a question. And I'm a big Ken Griffey Jr. fan, but what are the actual chances that he did not take steroids? There isn't a hint no of – No one's ever no thrown his name out there. Well, right. The guy that has thrown everybody under the bus, Jose Canseco, who threw every single person under the bus, did not mention Ken Griffey Jr. I've he never heard he any cool. speculation on Jr. Oh, I'm not saying there is, but that was my question. Why? I'm sure there's – I know, but I'm, sh- I'm sure there's people that never got caught. Right? That's what I'm asking. You I'm know, sure the we're middle infield backup player – we're saying did it, everyone, and nobody cares. We're saying everyone in the 90s did it, and Ken Griffey was one of the best players ever. And I'm not accusing him of doing it. I'm just saying, what are the chances that he didn't do it? Like, everyone was... Hey, I'm sure there's people that didn't do it. I'm sure Derek Jeter didn't do it. It's possible. But it's also very possible that he But did. we also know, and it's been very highly publicized, and everyone kind of accepts this, that it was rampant in the 90s. You saw it in the documentary with... Um, the what's the broadcaster's name? I'm blanking on his name. He's the Braves announcer, Scott. Braves Chip Carey. Chip Carey. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like, "Yeah, it's rampant." And and going back to what Tyler said earlier in the show about how they were great players before they took it, and Scott mentioned it previously just now. 
taking steroids or taking testosterone, it doesn't make you a better baseball player. It gets you stronger. It builds muscle. You still need that. You still need that. You still need the hand-eye coordination. You still need the God-given baseball talent to be good at baseball. If I pump in, uh, steroids into my arm, I'm not. I'm not turning into Mark McGuire because I just don't have that baseball ability. See, I think that. I mean, now that you say that, it doesn't make you a better baseball player. Now I'm starting to think. I don't think it makes you a better hitter, technically. But I would flip the conversation. And for pitchers, I think it would make you a better player because it gives you that extra velocity. Does it, so does that, it help your control? Tricky, no, it doesn't help your control. Does it put, you get away does it put more bite on your slider? It, it doesn't, but it, uh, bite on the slider, it could. Control, I wouldn't say so, but it gives you more velocity. And when you have more velocity, you can get away with having a little... It was always control. under the idea that people... Well, I'm sure there are people that took steroids thinking I'm going to boost my numbers, but I also think there's a large contingent of players in the 90s that took this testosterone just to get on the field the next day. They talked about in the documentary, day games after night games, playing for six months straight, 162 and 185 days, August, September, July, 95 degrees. That's a hard thing to do naturally. So a lot of these guys took testosterone just so they could feel better when they wake up the next day. Yeah, I mean, and there was no rule against it. True. Yeah, I want to go back to Cash's point here on how the MLB pretty much picks and chooses, and we can stay on this for like a tiny, tiny bit, or we don't even have to really harp on it much. But like, you look at a guy like Pete Rose, the guy want for for one, in my opinion, should absolutely be should he should not be barred from baseball. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He didn't bet against his team and throw games. He bet on his team. I know it's not allowed. But he bet on his team, and especially in a day and age today where sports betting is so widely accepted, I don't know. I, I, I'm just curious. I think that's a conversation for another day, but I just want to throw What's it out there. What's worse? Like, why is he not reinstated at this point? What's point? worse, taking steroids or betting on your team to win? I, don't, I, I think they're about equal, in my oh, opinion. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. Betting on your team, you're still going to go out there and you're going to play. If you if you go out there and you play hard normally, if you bet on your team, how much harder are you really going to play and how much better are you going to be? All right, so then that's my point. Why are they? Why is that equal with steroids? Well, I would okay. If I had to rank them one two, steroids would be worse. But no, I, at the I, end of no, the like, day, I, I, the performance that goes out on the field, whether you take steroids or bet on your team, the difference between that I feel like is so marginal. It's I, just see, it's, I don't agree with that. I don't know. I listen. Steroid, there's a reason steroids are illegal in the sport. I mean, the there's a reason. Enhancing, right? It makes you stronger. It makes you a better it's physical. player. Right. But but it's still illegal. And granted, again, I'm still an A Rod fan. Like I'm still a Bonds fan. Like I get it. You know, I think these guys are unbelievable baseball players, whether that's steroids. But they're illegal for a reason. They make you better. Pete Rose gambled on himself winning. That's just a savage. And if you think that these guys right now aren't under fake aliases on DraftKings betting on themselves, themselves, you're nuts. These guys are definitely betting on themselves to win, without a doubt. There's a guy in the Cardinals who just got cut uh, in the NFL for betting on his team to win. You're on a big accusation train today, Cash. Ray Lewis. He's a huge conspiracy theorist. I'm just throwing facts. I I mean, there's there's just no way they're not doing it. I mean, there are guys in college football that are doing it illegally, too. 
guess you just can't get caught. You're just throwing out here. No, that one I know for a fact. You have you have no. No, that one I know for a fact in college football. I know that that's happening. I'm not going to say names, but I overheard two people talking about it. Your sources tell you. I overheard two players talking about it. Yeah. But there's at the end of the day, coming back to what's going with McGuire and Sosa. At the end of the day, they put on a show worthy of a documentary 22 years later and what does their game do about it they bar them from the hall they ban them from the hall of fame sammy sosa is not even allowed at wrigley field anymore it's it, it, it made me really sad that there's this dark cloud over an entire generation of the sport that was very very entertaining people loved it you know We've been talking a lot of, over the last few weeks that MLB has been so detrimental to itself. Can we think about this for one second? Every good thing that MLB has going for itself, they, sh- they end it. You know, they had this steroid era going, and, you know, they talk about how McGuire and Sosa brought baseball back from the dead after the strike, right? And how, how needed it was for them to have this home run race when they had it. And baseball went and just – Threw them out. Like, they just discarded their career. They had a real moneymaker going, and they just got rid of it. Everything baseball does turns to dust, my opinion. You, could, you couldn't possibly, as new information comes out about what steroids can do, you couldn't possibly keep it legal. That's just oh, not the that, way. I understand. That's like it is. These but things are terrible for you. You can't find you out in 2000. Body. You can't find out just thrown out a year. Okay, 2007 – all right, we're not doing this anymore. But that doesn't mean you punish everyone from before That's because at, at the time it was legal. Right. So, they, so it should be celebrated. There should be documentaries. Sammy Sosa should have his day at Wrigley Field. Mark McGuire should be in the Hall of Fame. Alex Rodriguez should be in Monument Park because at the time it was legal. We didn't know enough information to know the bad things that steroids can do or the performance enhancing aspect and how it could be viewed upon as cheating. The game adjusts as we learn new things. We can't just punish 22 years later because we didn't know at the time. That's not fair. See, as much as I want Erod to kind of go down as the Yankee he deserved to, I feel like you got to cut it off before him in terms of being naive towards steroids because at that time, I feel like it was pretty well known, the effect, the results. I would probably give everybody a pass up until maybe the Clemens Pettit kind of stuff. Cause that came before A-Rod. I think after that scandal. Was or a- A-Rod the first time. Look. Cause A-Rod got popped twice. Yeah. A-Rod got popped in 09. But that and was then he still, got popped in 13. That was still after Clemens and Pettit. No. Yeah. I, after yeah. them, I would probably flip the switch and be like, all right, we're, we know what's going on here. And Look, I don't think A-Rod necessarily gets the pass. I think he was absolutely being sneaky with it. Um, Love him as a baseball player. Love him as a broadcaster. And to be completely honest, he's a pretty good person. I mean, as of now, he's really kind of coming to his own a little bit here. So, I don't know. But in terms of steroids with him, I would would cut it off, and I wouldn't necessarily give him so much of a pass. And – you know, it's it's just sad that every January comes around, we come around to the Hall of Fame voting, and we're wondering, is Bonds or Clemens, are they going to get close? I mean, these are the two best players at their positions of all time. Bonds is the all-time home run king. 
Clemens has 4,000 strikeouts and over 300 wins. Yeah, but Bob, it, don't, you, don't you guys think, regardless of how they achieve those numbers, isn't it embarrassing for baseball that people that put up those numbers aren't in their Hall of Fames? Yeah, I mean, baseball does a lot of them. Is the Hall of Fame legitimate without those guys in it? I don't think it. I don't think it is. Glenn, remember a few weeks ago when you asked how upset we would be that the Hall of Fame speeches would be pushed to next year, and I said I couldn't care less? Yeah. This is part of the reason. Like, I think there's no validity to the actual – like, one, the fact that Jeter didn't get in unanimously is a joke. Two, the fact that Griffey didn't get in unanimously is a joke. So, just, like, those kinds of things, to me, is an embarrassment to the sport and the league. And to me, it's – the whole thing's kind of just a comedy. I mean, it, there's, there's nothing to it. And what's also a joke is that, is that the reporters can just kind of pussy out into anonymity and not reveal why they didn't vote for a player. Right. I don't think necessarily coming out and saying why is should be required, but I think you should be required to release your ballot at least at at the very minimum. And I'd like to see it be reformed a little bit. Like I don't know why certain guys are getting like a say in this. Like, well, isn't it what ten years of being a beat writer and then you get a vote? Yeah. Yeah, there's too many voters at this point. That's the issue. Like, the reason Jeter wasn't unanimous, it was one Boston guy who – or presumed one Boston guy who just doesn't like Jeter. Which doesn't make sense at all because baseball beat writers aren't supposed to have a bias towards the teams they cover. They're not supposed to be Red Sox. A Red Sox beat writer is not supposed to be a Red Sox fan. It's not how it works. But No, not really. I don't agree with that. If you're covering a team for that long – You think journalists have a – I affiliation to the team. I don't, I disagree. I think B, B writers do. I think guys like Jeff Passan and Ken Rosenthal and people like that should not. Yeah, they don't because they work for the league. But like, like I'm it, saying like. Jack, or they're league reporters. They don't work for the league, but they cover the league as general. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. But like Jack Curry, for example, I mean, he's always going to be pro Yankees. Yeah. That, that's mean, why I don't like the whole Michael K thing too. Like people are like, oh, I don't like watching Michael K because he's biased to the Yankees. Like, yeah, he's on the yes network. He should be. He's supposed to be. A broadcaster and a play-by-play guy is completely different than a writer. But he was a Yankee writer. I agree. Yes, he was a Yankee writer at one point. So if you're, if you're around the team that much, right, you're going to root for them. Like my, my cousin, for example, is a huge Yankee fan, and he works for the Boston Red Sox. And on, game, on days where the Yankees aren't playing the Red Sox, he's not rooting against the Sox. Whereas I'm going to root against the Sox to lose 162 games. He's not rooting against the Sox. He works for the team. He's around the team. He works in the stadium. He's around the city of Boston. Just spending that much time around the team, around the city, around the fans, it rubs off on you. And he'll say, he goes, I got rubbed off a little bit on the fact I'm around all these Red Sox fans. He goes, I won't root for the Red Sox, but I'm not going to root against them. I'd like to see them win. See, I'd, I'd say that that case is a little bit different, though, because his job, just knowing Sandy, he's, his job, like the success of his job also – is partly correlated with the success of the team. I mean, yes, journalists no, write he works, regardless. He works ticket for such sales, a historical stadium, though. Fine, but ticket sales itself will go up and down based on performance, no matter what team. No, of course, but that's just the. I mean, if you're going to spend that much time around a team, it's yeah, you're going to root for them. I mean, no, I agree with you completely. So I guess we can we can wrap up this this conversation. I do want to say one more thing, and just about this whole era of baseball, is 
my child, I, at least for me, my childhood of baseball was playing backyard baseball 2001 on the computer. And every single one of those guys were in that game. Bonds was in that game. McGuire was in that game. Griffey was in that game. A-Rod was in that game. A lot of, a lot of the players in that game are now people that were accused of using steroids but I love that game so much. That has so much great like childhood memories for me that, you know, looking back on it now to see that all these guys are like disgraced names. Um, when you talk about baseball at this point is kind of sad. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at, you know, with this era of baseball. Yeah. I guess the best way for me to kind of articulate how I feel about the steroid era is that the hall of fame, in my opinion, and I've been, to, I don't know if you guys have been to the hall of fame. I have, it's really cool. Um, it's any hall of fame for any sport. It should be the story of the history of that sport. And can you tell the story of baseball without the 1990 to 2007 era, which is the steroid era? And you can't, you can't do it. So in some way, some way, shape or form, whether it's a separate wing or there's a little bit of a kind of like a warning, kind of, this is what was going on and a little acknowledgement of what was happening they should still be in there. And that's kind of how I stand on it. But we'll move on to 22 years later in 2020, where it's June 17th and there's still no baseball. Um, it was a wild couple days. So let's start from the beginning. Um, Rob Manfred went on ESPN, I believe, with Carl Ravitch when they did the MLB draft. No, when they would do, we'll start with the MLB draft when, they said, oh, okay. when he said initially that 100% unequivocally there will be baseball. Great. Tell us when and where, like the players always say. Three days later, in that return to sports, Sports Center special, he says, yeah, I don't think we're going to be baseball. So in three days, Rob Manfred went from 100% there will be baseball to I don't think there's going to be baseball. And that put Twitter in an uproar. We were all screaming about it. We were all on the fire Manfred train. I'm not on Manfred's side. I think Manfred has completely made himself look like a fool the last six months. We talked about it last episode. Then today it comes out that Manfred and Tony Clark, who's the president of the MLBPA, met face-to-face, and John Heyman reported that they're closing in on a deal. Other reporters have walked back on that, saying it's not there yet, but it's getting closer. So right now at 8.13 on June 17th, it's looking more likely than not that there will be baseball. Ken Rosenthal said that it was a 60-game season that the MLB was proposing with expanded playoffs. Um, we'll see if the Players Association counters back for more games, but the last four days has been a roller coaster for Major League Baseball. And Cash, I wanted to get your, I want to start off with you on your thoughts on the last four days for baseball in general. Um, yeah, the last four days, uh, to put in a word, is embarrassing. Uh, it really is. And I mean, Manfred said on TV, this is a disaster for baseball. And that's the only thing he said right in his entire regime as commissioner. I, I honestly, I'm at a loss for words at this point. Like, and I've said it in our group chat a few times, and I've said it to my friends. I'm actually losing interest in Major League Baseball. I, I'm almost to the point where, like, I just don't care anymore. Like, it's, it's disgusting for me to, to say that. And I, I but I. That's just how I feel. Like, I, I really – and I don't care whose side you're on, the owners, the players, Manfreds, whatever. I, I have no interest in today in watching baseball. 
to me, it's, it's really become a joke when the country has needed sports more than anything right now, honestly, uh, the league has done nothing but make it worse. And, you know, we've talked about how they've had such a great opportunity to help grow and, and use different um, ways to get the youth involved and to get uh, elect, uh, technology involved in the game this season. And they let it fail to the nth degree. And to me, um, it's disgusting. And yeah, Major League Baseball should really be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Um, not to the extent where I've, I would lose interest in Major League Baseball. Uh, I am extremely disappointed in Rob Manfred. We went over some of the reasons why last week. But with him saying, going from flip-flopping from 100% to I don't know and saying that this has been a disaster, the reason it's been a disaster is because of him. The last six months – have been an absolute joke for him when he started off by calling the World Series trophy a hunk of metal to the embarrassment of the whole Houston Astros scandal to now this where he has lost baseball, he's lost control, he's lost the public support. He's been getting ripped left and right. Every morning when he wakes up and looks in the mirror, he should be embarrassed in himself. Baseball is such an American tradition. It has gotten the country through so many tough times. It's gotten the country through a Great Depression, two world wars. It, you know, got baseball through the civil rights era with getting Jackie Robinson into the game. It has it went through the steroid era and the 94 strike. It has bounced back every single time and delivered to this country. 9-11 is a huge one, too. That, the, the video of Sammy Sosa running across the outfield, a guy who's not even from this country, waving an American flag to the Mike Piazza home run. To George uh, Bush throwing out the first pitch. Yeah. And then the Boston Marathon. And then the Boston Marathon with Boston. Baseball a million things. Brought, brought this country together for years. And Rob Manfred, within the last six months, has torn that all apart and could care less what happens. And it it, it really is disappointing. And I am frustrated. Um, But, you know, with today's news, we have started to go in the right direction. Hopefully we get there. But it's still hard for me to sit here and say we're going to be watching baseball in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely, because it changes every single day. And it just takes one wrong move in negotiation to blow everything up, and then we're back to square one. Um, hopefully, this is when they finally realize. I think, I hope that this public just absolute onslaught of insults and just negative energy has finally made both sides really been like, okay, we need to figure this out because this is not going to end well if we don't. Um, so it looks like it's going to be 60 games around. I heard 66 might be the number we end up with. But at the end of the day, even if baseball happens this year and it's 70-ish games and it's a great 70 games and we have a great postseason, it's going to take a while for baseball to recover from what they dug themselves into the last couple months. Because they could have been playing they – they could have started two weeks ago, the second spring training, 
and they could have been back well, well before the NBA, not just a couple, 10 days before. So it, it's just a huge missed opportunity for baseball, and really, it really hurts their brand at the end of the day, regardless of how this season ends up. Yeah, and we, we've harped on this like episode after episode, and it's just – I don't know. It's just sad. I mean, I, f- I really have nothing more to say about it. I just want something to get done. Like, that's really it. Like, we've touched on every single possible corner of this, and I just have nothing more to say about it. Like, they got a 60-game deal here. The players are going to come back at 65, 66, maybe even 70. They'll meet in the middle. But I just think the owners coming back with the prorated salaries today, as opposed to two months ago, is just ridiculous because – What's fair is fair. Like, you own the team. You're going to sell it for a profit. Take the hit. Don't kill the sport. That's pretty much it. I mean, that's. And what's really upsetting is that there was a report that there are up to eight owners that don't want a season now. Eight owners. I think it was six. I think you need eight to can the season. Was it six? Six is still a lot. You need need more than 25% to oppose it. So 75% approval. You can't force an owner to sell unless, you know, you got a Donald Sterling Clippers situation. But how can you own a baseball team and not want to play? That's not how it works. There should be some regulation in the process of buying a team over do you just want to buy this team to make your pockets heavy or do you actually care about the growth and well-being of the sport that you're getting into? How can you not – it makes no sense. How can you not, as an owner of one of the 30 teams of Major League Baseball, how can you not want a season? After we saw 25 years ago what happened in 1994. I have no idea. It's terrible. If that ever happened where we got to that eight owners, those eight owners should be shamed. And, I mean, you mentioned it. You can't really force them to sell the team. But – there would be a whole lot of outcries for those people to sell the team because why do you care? Why should we support your franchise? Like if it came out and the, it was the Phillies owner that said, I don't want to play baseball. Like that would, that would crush me as a fan of the Phillies that we have a guy running our, our franchise that could care less whether or not there's a product on the field. When from, it was like 2008 to 2000. 12 2013 that stadium was sold out every single night and they still we we hit some hard times with some losing but there's still a good crowd in those stadiums there's still people spending good money on tickets on concessions on merchandise loading those their pockets up where any owner should be just ashamed to say i don't want to play baseball i don't want to put that product out there for my fans and we go back to the Cardinals owner, because I saw him in the documentary, made me want to throw up the idea of the sport not being profitable. When TBS, I think I talked about this last episode, TBS just signed a postseason deal for billions. It's, yeah, that was bad, ta- bad timing for the owners to go do that. And it's really a bad timing going back full circle to the documentary it was i when I, I first started it i was like this is real bad timing for something like this to come out because even though it talks about like a great time in baseball and a fun time and when people were happy 
it, it just, it, you just think about today when everything is less than that and everything sucks and everyone's fighting. So I agree. It, it's, it's, it's just, it's rough. Um, we've had five episodes and we've talked about it for all five podcasts. So the, as Tyler said, we've hit on every single corner. There's not much more else to say. Just as the players say, tell us when, where at this point, because Jesus, it's exhausting. It's exhausting of refreshing Twitter and seeing a different thing every day about who's fighting, who's angry, what players sounding off, what Trevor Bauer is saying, what pro rate the owners are going to give him in a percentage wise and it, 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 enough. Just play the game. Enough is enough. And what a cash is right. People are going to lose interest. People like us will eventually come back we'll, we'll, or if we didn't leave or if we never left. But, you know, you're losing a lot of people. A lot of those marginal fans you're going to lose because nobody wants this. There's too much going on in the world. There's a, there's a pandemic that's killing people. People are protesting the streets over police brutality. This isn't just the worst time ever for billionaires and millionaires to fight over money. Just as. It's true. It, it is. And, and I, I really like the move by the Players Association to say, tell us when and where. Because mm-hmm. it really put the pressure on Manfred and the owners. Yeah, it puts it on them. When it, when, it, when it first happened, it was saying that if we do this now, there's no reason for you guys to sit here and say we can only play 50 games. Our timeline would allow for this longer schedule. Um, and I think it was a great move on the players' part to do that, just to say, hey, we're ready to play whenever you guys want to. Um, and if you guys don't figure it out, then that's on you. It's not on us at this point. Um, which which I, I really loved because um, it, it did get the ball rolling. It got this meeting with Manfred and Clark, and I've said it before, we've taken steps in the right direction. We've also taken a lot of steps backwards, but we're getting closer. When we started this podcast, you know, I would have thought we would have been talking about game action at this point. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, still, we're still talking about whether or not we're going to be even doing that we're getting we're getting closer hopefully i just think i just wanted to point out one more thing that i just thought of so manfred says i'm not sure that was two days after the players are like we're ready whenever you want us just tell us one after the final after they said we're not negotiating anymore and then manfred says oh we might not play so that was a bad move on manfred's part because that makes it look like him and the owners are the reason they're not playing because the players are saying "We're, we're playing let's go and then Manfred's like, I'm not so sure. So that he just shot himself in the foot like that. So that for that reason, and then the public pressure, that's why I think that the players are going to end up winning whatever grieve, whatever um, deal this ends up being. Yep. So, Cass, do you have any uh, any final thoughts on the uh, negotiations before I switch topics? Uh, You've been quiet. Yeah, I, I just think it's time. Either play or don't play. We need a drop-dead date. And if you're going to play, figure it out now. And if you're not going to play, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Uh, it's, it's enough. Enough is enough at this point. I mean, there are so many real issues going on in the world right now. And all we can talk about is the fact that there's no baseball going on because these fucking adults can't make decisions. Yep. All right. Moving on. Uh, one more topic for today. Um, we're going to talk about the letter about the Yankees' uh, apparent sign stealing. So we woke up Sunday, 
And one of the last things I would ever want to wake up to is a Yankee uh, scheme. So it's no Sunday. Big deal. I, it's not a big deal. Um, we, everyone was kind of freaking out Sunday morning. There was this letter about the Yankees sign scheme in 17 and 15. The thing is, and then, you know, Carlos Correa had a field day with it on Instagram and Twitter. Fucking hate him. Yeah, he looks like anyway, a clown. And he looks like an idiot. Lance McCullers got into it. There's some random minor leaguer, 27-year-old double-A player on the Astros who's never seen Minute Maid Park in his entire life going up and in. I'm like, well, who are you? Anyway, um, apparently there's this letter, and this it's unsealed, saying what the Yankees did in 15 and 17, which is already public knowledge, by the way. Um and, and the judge is saying, unseal it. And the Yankees are going to say, no, we don't want it. What I, at the end of the day, it ended up being nothing. So there's yeah, this public I mean, outcry really, by the Astros really fan base on Twitter who probably can't even name the 05 lineup that went to the World Series because they just started being Astros fans. And it ended up being nothing, and they looked like idiots. So I just wanted to bring that up. I, thought they, I think that's important. Yeah, I, I think one of the concerns was that one of the early reports was that Major League Baseball had covered something up that wasn't public information. Um, I think it was more or less, it wasn't really about the Yankees. It was, I think a lot of the hype that was created was the speculation that something was covered up. Um, if that had happened, that's pretty bad because the Yankees are on the face of Major League Baseball. If, you know, you pulled an alien out of space and you know, ask them to name a baseball team, he would name the Yankees because they're the most popular, the most front-facing. Everyone knows the Yankees. Not the Astros. Um, probably probably not. Not many people know the Astros. Yeah, um, but if they're from space. They would know the Yankees. The Yankees right. are the first the first option. Um, but, I mean, nothing Nothing really came of it. Ah, it I, ah, thought, ah, I get it. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, Astros. Got it. Uh, All right. Perfect. I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, what is he talking it's, about? It's been it's been a long week, Ty. I'm sorry. It's, um, it's all right. It's been a nightmare. Nothing really ever, nothing really ever came of it. Um, I thought there was possibly one more update to come on Friday. Um, so there's a chance we get a little more information about this. But as you mentioned, I don't think anything's coming from it. Uh, most of it's public information anyway. So because we know about you, you, the Apple Watch, I think it's the Apple Watch that this is about. Because so we know there was an Apple I mean, Watch thing with both the Yankees and the Red Sox in 2017, and they got fined, and that was it. But, yeah, you guys came close to playing with a little bit of fire there, with you know. But, but I think doesn't? you're gonna you're gonna come out of this clean. Um, I think a lot of people have said. I mean, most teams are stealing signs. It's to the extent of how they're doing it, what they're doing with it. Um, I mean, and you yeah, I'm all if, for I'm all for stealing signs the old-fashioned way. Runner on second base, the catcher's too stupid to switch up his signs. That's okay. fair game. The second you use yeah, technology cool. and trash cans and TV screens and all that, that's when you got to draw the line. And the real reason why I brought this up, because at the end of the day, I do believe that it's nonsense and whatever the Yankees did, it's not, not public knowledge and it's whatever. The Astros need to shut up. You, you, Carlos Correa cannot be tweeting and posting on Instagram and all this troll nonsense when he looks like the biggest jackass ever. 
It doesn't look like it. He is. And can I just, I was going to save this for my final episode thoughts. Go ahead. But I'm going to throw it in now because it makes sense. So I saw a tweet today. I just pulled it back up again. So if the pay for the MLB players are prorated, can we at least implement a policy to hit the Astros players at the same rate they would have of a full season? <laughs> and my, my answer is yes. I think, I think that would be I mean, he's. I mean, they're going to make it worse because they got this gold, the corona, if the coronavirus helped anyone, <laughs> it didn't help literally anyone except the Astros in terms of they got, you know, off the hook with the public shame, going into stadiums that were full, getting booed out of the stadium, getting hit. I, they really got off free. And every time they tweet about it, every time they try to like troll the Yankees or the Red Sox, or whoever else might have cheated, they're just going to make themselves look worse. And they're going to remind people what they did. And it's just going to bring this back. I have a serious sure. question. Go ahead. What happens when Carlos Correa, for example, his contract's up, right? Mm-hmm. And not one of the other 29 teams offers him a contract. Then he probably stays with the Astros. Right. But now, but here's my point. He's got no leverage, right? The Astros can offer him whatever they want, and he has to say yes because he makes himself look like a fucking jackass every time he goes on social media. Well, first of all, who wants him in their dugout? I think there's a lot of teams that would take him. I would take Carlos Correa. I understand your point. It's a. I'm looking, I'm bringing up Carlos Correa's stats. I think he had that one fantastic year and everything else has been pedestrian. I think he's about he's a also been hurt. His rookie year was great. This last year in 2019, he had 279. The year before that, 2018, he had 239. He's only hit above 300 once. That was in 2017, he had 315. Were they cheated? He's also, he also gets hurt. He's never played more than 110 games since 2017. So the last three years, he played 109, 110, and 75. In 2015, he played 99. That was his, that's when he came up. And then 2016, he, hit, he played 153. And, that's the, and that was his only, quote-unquote, full season. So this is a guy that gets hurt. This is a guy that, you know, he, he's a good player. He's made one all-star team. I don't know. The problem with Carlos Correa is that he is surrounded by these guys like George Springer, Jose Altuve, Bregman in terms of talent. And one, he's not even there. He's not in the conversation with those three. I mean, is he a Lindor? Is he a Bogarts? Is he a Trevor Story? No. He has the potential to be, but he's not. He hasn't been yet. I mean, he's only 25. He's entering his 25 season. But for him to talk like he's Mike Trout or Christian Yelich or one of the top five players in the game and try to troll after he cheated, not a good look at all. He's not even top five player on his team. You can make that argument. I need to confirm this real quick, but Wikipedia is saying that his last name is not Correa. It's actually Oppenheimer. I need to confirm with the website other than Wikipedia, but that's interesting. Baseball reference just has Correa. Or Mike Francesa says Korea, like the country. Makes me laugh. This is saying that that's his actual name. And then Lance McCullers, who hasn't pitched in three years, is talking. What's What are you doing? It's just the culture in that locker room. These guys. How do you not lie low? I mean, 
I mean, do you remember when he went on TV with Ken Rosenthal and he was like, if you don't know the facts, then shut the fuck up to um, who on the Dodgers said that they cheated? I don't know. Bellinger. Bellinger. You, when normally when you get publicly embarrassed and shamed, like how A-Rod did, you hide to avoid further shame. They're like inviting online bullying. And it's what they like. It's they what they, it. I, they enjoy it. Makes no sense to me. They, they, somebody needs to say, hey, listen, stop talking. I don't think they will because they got off scot-free because Manfred did not punish them. Yeah, the, their PR team should be telling them to keep their mouth shut. And, and you have a baseball lifer. You have baseball. a very respected manager in Dusty Baker. Why wouldn't – shouldn't Dusty Baker be like, listen, shut your mouth for a couple months until – they haven't played a game for Dusty Baker yet. Yeah, he probably hasn't. He probably. He and they had a they had a spring training. Barely. True. I don't know. It's like going Just, to a summer camp with Dusty Baker. What they had so far. True. So that was kind of my little beef this weekend. Was Correa running his mouth? Anyway. That'll just about do it for this episode of Baseball Four. Before we go, we any final thoughts? I know Tyler gave his already. Yeah, I got it. My tweet. Any other final thoughts? Any final thoughts on the documentary? Any final thoughts on Manfred? Anything? Put him in the hall. Put him in the hall. Put him in the hall. Cash, what are your thoughts? Manfred on or the that. guys we talked about? Not man. Well, Manfred can go in the hall for being the worst damn commissioner of all time. But McGuire, Sosa, Bond, Clemens, A. Rod, put the steroid guys in. Pete Rose, put him in. They deserve it. What's up, Cash? Unbanned what are your final thoughts? Pete, unbanned Pete Rose. Unbanned Pete Rose. I agree, actually. So now that'll just about do it for this episode of Base Hit Ball 4. We'll be back next week for Tyler Blumenstick, Scott Roswald, and Alex Cashman. My name is Glenn Zanigas. Good night. We'll see you later.